Today's on the Locked On Texans episode, the small things Davis Mills did on Sunday in the past two games that has really helped them out offensively. And of course, let's dive into some news and need to know about the Houston Texans. And David Cully, is he on the hot seat? Will this be a, a one and done year? But first. <laughs> Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. I'm John Hickman. And, of course, I'm joined by Cody Davis here to talk about the Houston Texans, some improvements from Davis Mills, some of the need-to-knows, as mentioned early in the show, and David Cully, that discussion needs to be had. Well, Davis Mills, ladies and gentlemen, and Cody, his last two starts, we've seen some improvements from this young quarterback. And I know we may overlook it because when you look at the Houston Texans' offense, not a lot of points are being scored, Right. There's not a lot of, at least for the entirety of the season, there hasn't been a lot of big plays. However, in the last two starts for Davis Mills, 11 plays of 15 or more yards, totaling 254 yards and 10 third downs with those 11 plays. Eight of those 11 plays have come against man coverage. So seeing him dissect man in zone and kind of, you know, work his way through it, give us some dimes on the edge on the outside to Brandon Cooks. That's been very good. He's been the third highest on third down completion in the last two games, sitting at 68%. That's only second behind Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers. The offensive line has been playing, excuse me, much better, which has allowed him to get comfortable. And on Sunday, Davis Mills converted four third downs, including the third down touchdown to Cooks on an opening drive. And I I like this young man. I've, I've liked, excuse me, let me be more specific. I've liked what I've been able to see out of him in the last two games. Cody, yesterday you mentioned that, you know, he was coming into a year where I hadn't played a lot of football. And so when you look at his counterparts, Trevor Lawrence, when he spent a few years at Clemson, Zach Wilson, he has a full year at BYU or, you know, the school he went to. Who else came out in this year's draft? Uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. You know, he has experience. So you, Trey Lance. So all of those quarterbacks who were taken before him, you know, I think he was kind of judged a little bit inappropriately because he hadn't had that much time coming into this year, which is a great point, might I add, that you made yesterday. So now that he has time under his belt and he's in an office where, you know, he knows he at least has a deep threat in Brandon Cooks who can do a little bit of everything, Davis Mills has showed up. I also want to look at Lonnie Johnson, played over 50% of the snap count in the last two games. Only allowed three catches during this time span, and he looks more and more comfortable at his original position at cornerback. And I tell you, he had a big pass, uh, pass deflection on Sunday, uh, which could have been a touchdown. So <laughs> it's good to see Lonnie Johnson get some confidence, uh, and it looks like he's been playing a lot more mature on the field as well. Yeah, and before moving back to Davis Mills, I do want to say for Lonnie Johnson, I think the biggest key for the Houston Texans in order to get the best version of him is just consistency. No more of this switching him over back to safety. You know, keep him at corner because that is where he has been over the last couple of weeks, probably more so for a month or so now. And I, I, 
Lonnie Johnson has talent. Let me just say that. We have seen it time and time again, especially this year. And I do believe that this has been the best version of Lonnie Johnson we have seen so far throughout throughout his, what, three years he's been with the Houston Texans. However, John, you heard me say this before. Listeners, you heard me say this before. Viewers, you heard me say this before. One of, if not the biggest detriment for Lonnie Johnson is the fact that the Texans never really knew what to do with him. Now they got him at corner. Please, I'm begging the coaching staff, keep his behind at corner. And by the way, I do believe that touchdown actually not only saved the, saved the touchdown, that pass deflection that he had, excuse me, not only saved the touchdown, but I do believe that it also helped save the game because if Trevor Lawrence get that touchdown, now you're looking at a situation where the game is going to start getting a little bit more tight for the Texans. But, right. you know, thankfully, Lonnie Johnson was able to get that pass deflection. But going back to Davis Mills, look, I knew this guy has some type of potential to be. I'm not going to take it as far as I did last week and as calling him a franchise quarterback, which I do believe he has an opportunity to do so if he continues to, 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 to develop. But what I would say is this. When after the Texans drafted him, with the 67 overall pick, I had an opportunity to go back and take a look at some of his plays from Stanford. And I ran across his high school projection and he was, if not the number one, the number two rated quarterback coming out of the class of 2017. And the one guy who was neck and neck with him was Trevor Lawrence. And I wanted to bring that up because throughout Trevor Lawrence time at Clemson, ever since he took over for Deshaun Watson, he has been, one of the number one guys people have been talking about in terms of college quarterbacks. And it is right because we saw what Trevor Lawrence was able to do at Clemson. However, it's a little bit unfortunate that Davis Mills did not have an opportunity to do so because I believe it was his final game of his senior year in high school. He sustained an ACL injury and that took him out of his freshman year that took him in and out of his sophomore season and of course last year which was his junior year it was the COVID season and I think it's a little bit unfair and I think along with along with myself and John you too I'm gonna call you out a little bit too I think we kind of labeled him a bust just a little bit too soon because he really didn't have an opportunity to really showcase what he can do beyond the high school level. You have to feel somewhat hopeful in what you're seeing from Mills. And like you said yesterday, and I think you put it very well, it is time for media members, fans of the Houston Texans, to give this guy a chance. Because Ford isn't walking through that building no more. Well, he's still walking through the building, but it's not the play. You know what? I also want to talk about some of the players that could be eligible to return on Sunday. Of course, the NFL, you know, with the protocol, they need two negative tests. Uh, Grugier Hill, he was placed on the list on the 11th of December. And Jalen Samuels, the practice squad member, he was placed on the cover list 12-13. They are eligible to come back for this week's game if they have uh, two negative tests. However, Grugier Hill suffered a knee injury and Jalen Samuels is a practice squad member. So I don't expect we will see them. Christian Kirksey, AJ Moore and Demarcus Walker, Walker, excuse me. They have an opportunity to come back. However, it is a slim chance. I'm guessing they all got put on the COVID list on the 15th. I know this is something that the Houston Texans will look at and we'll talk about it throughout the later, uh, later, later part of the week. Of course, keep that news to let you guys know who's going to be playing. David Cully is on the hot seat. 
that was a you know that was a caption that I read on an article. Hot seat, I don't know if it's the right word. However, I will say that he is very replaceable. Can't wait to talk about that when we get back on the other side of the break. Let's hear from a word from our sponsors with Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. We switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone whenever you switch so you get the latest episodes all on America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place where you can score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an inclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. So visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. I think it's very important to have this discussion around uh, David Cully as head coach and his future, Cody and ladies and gentlemen. And I, I, I think it's important because I was scrolling through on Twitter, came across an article by Rob Goldberg of Bleacher Report, and the reports behind it, well, the what happened in this article was their reports that the Houston Texans would be moving on from David Cully after one year. Now, David Cully did just get his third win of his very young head coaching year, career, excuse me. And there is a very strong possibility that the 66-year-old will be moved on from next year. And I got to tell you what I look at for me personally to say, well, I think it's okay that they move on from this, this young man, young man, and at least in uh, football head coaching terms and careers, because he's been an old man and been in the game for 30 years, right? But David Cully mentioned that Nick Casario was the, the general manager for the Houston Texans at Romeo Cornell advised him to let New England score at the end of the Patriot loss. Now, I'm not too messed up behind Romeo Cornell. Stepped in as interim last year for the head coaching job for Houston. He's been a head coach in the NFL. He's been around the NFL for years. He's a part of this coaching staff as an advisor. That does not bother me that he's saying, hey, you know what? I think this is a better decision. What bothers me is now I've got my general manager involved in my job. And if I'm looking at him, I feel Marco managed, which people hate being micromanaged. I feel in a sense, well, you don't trust me. And overall, I may feel like I shouldn't be here because I'm clearly not the guy that you want to be here. That's how I would look at it if I'm hearing my general manager who brought me in and didn't allow me to pick my coaching staff. Hey, let them score. Unless it is, unless unless Nick Asirio is just doing the Patriots a favor because he still owns one. I don't know. You know, he's coming from that organization. But, you know, I look at that and say, you know, how can they move forward with David Cummings? How can they move forward? You're around this team every day, Cody. You know more than I do. But the players, and he did look much more engaged on Sunday than I've seen him in the past couple of games. But how do the players move on from him? Um, I've had this conversation about how the Houston Texans as a franchise 
definitely needs to rebuild their relationship with their fans after the last couple of years. How do their fans support them after the game management, mismanagement, whether I say, and some of the bad decisions that were made? And now it's as clear as day that a lot of these decisions are coming over your head, but you're in the middle of it. How can he bounce back from this from year one and possibly going into year two if they give him a chance at year two? I wouldn't. Honestly, I don't think he's the guy for the job, not to be rude. I think he's probably a great coach to be around. I'm not sure how much I trust him to rebuild a franchise that honestly shouldn't be in a position to be rebuilt. That's a pressure on its own. I wouldn't bring him back. First of all, let me say I was right. We talked about this a couple we weeks ago. Remember the we power struggle this. between Nick Asirio and David right. Cully. Frequently um, on and off. <laughs> exactly. And look, I just wanted to bring it up. And I'm kind of glad that David Cully did talk about that during his media availability on yesterday because that was his way of saying, look, Yesterday was pretty much one of the few times that they let me go out there and actually coach this football team, and we came away victorious. Another time was week one, and the other win is kind of up in the air. But I wanted to bring that up because, John, this is why I have such a hard time evaluating David Cully like we was doing during our first two years when we took over this podcast covering the Houston Texans like we did with Bill O'Brien. And like you hear me say every single week here on this show, David Cully is not the end-all, be-all as a head coach like the other 31 teams around the NFL. However, with that being said, I wanted to give David Cully a pass only because like you mentioned in the game against the New England Patriots that he talked about in his media availability on yesterday that we was a part of, it's unfair to judge him when that wasn't his call. Now, on the flip side of that, one, I don't think David Cully is on a hot seat because in order for you to be on a hot seat, I do believe that one, you, you have to have. Cool at one point, right? Yeah, you 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 have to be one a real legitimate coach, and two, you 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 have to have some type of future with this organization. And I think I I, I think it's fair to say that. Whenever the Houston Texans put themselves back in a competitive standpoint, David Cully isn't going to be on that sideline making plays again. However, the question on whether or not the Houston Texans should move on from David Cully for the 2022 season, I think it's up in the air. I think it only depends on what the roster is looking like. And two, and most importantly, what is the goal for the Houston Texans? If your goal is, let's say, once again, like it was this year, your ceiling was to win four or five games, then keep David Cully around again. Because why would you bring in your head coach, whoever you want that to be? Why would you bring in your head coach and he's going to be just as bad? He's going to be in a bad situation, just like David Cully was when he came here this year. So, it all depends on how Nick Casario is going to build this roster and what is going to be the goal for the 2022 season. Also, the players, including Deshaun Watson, and I'm going to throw his name in, in here as well because he is still part of this 53-man roster. The players doesn't have an issue with David Cully. As a matter of fact, they respect David Cully. And one of the things that I've been told about David Cully as a head coach, one of the things that the players – like about him is the fact that he was able to keep positivity around an organization that entering the year, you, you your franchise quarterback wanted out because of an entity that is still in the building that the owners still do not want to get rid of 
Two, not only do your franchise quarterback want out, but it's hard to trade it. It's hard to trade him in order to give assets and players back to help with the rebuild because he has lawsuits going around. And three, everybody considered the Houston Texans, and they still do to a certain extent, the laughing stock of the NFL. And the fact that he came in and kind of helped lay a positive foundation to where players actually, okay, it, it was one of them situations where the players was like, look, I don't want to be a part of this organization. I don't want to be a part of this team, but I want to show up and actually compete at least for David Cully because he is one of the few guys that I actually respect. So like I just mentioned, unless Nick Casario all of a sudden put together, let's say a competitive roster, not only a, pet a competitive roster, but let's say a roster that actually has a shot to make the playoffs next year. That's the only way I would say it actually makes sense for David Cully to be moved on from from the Houston Texans. Other than that, give the man one more one more shot, especially knowing that majority of the time you held his hand as a head coach because you didn't trust him. Then the one time you gave him free range, he ended up leading his team to a victory, scoring 30 points. Once again, it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the fact that yesterday was one of, if not the first time he had that free range opportunity to coach, it says a lot. I will like to say this in a little small correction. I th he isn't a, a legitimate head coach. He got the job, whether it was by favor or not. He, <laughs> you know what I mean by legitimate. He, he, but, I mean, he's a legitimate head coach. He's just not a good head coach, which is why if your general manager is making these decisions or holding your hand or handcuffing you or you're not able to relieve Tim Kelly of his horrific job of an OC and you're an offensive guy, if you're not able to do these things, then it's not about whether or not the players like you or, or we like you. It's about, well, I brought you in. And it may be a mistake on my behalf. Nick Casario has been xing all of his mistakes. Next year, we re we will revisit this situation, and it may be time for you to go, which is totally okay. Because we look at a situation like the uh, the Cardinals. I thought it was Steve Wilkes got a bad hand. He did. They brought in Cliff Kingsbury, and now they are a playoff favorite, looking good until all these players start going down. But they're a good team, so you know. It's okay to move on, but he's a bad head coach. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props and more odds and more lines than never before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of sports action this season from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, hockey, all right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available the 2021 season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website today sign up and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports because bet online is where the game starts thanks for making the locked on texans your first listen every day now make sure that you check out the locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. is free and available on all platforms. And before we get out of here today, three games left, Cody, listeners. <laughs> and I know some of y'all may still be waiting on number four to walk through that building. But three games left. No, he's walking through the building. He just ain't playing. 
We ain't playing. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago. Last year. Uh, right now they're sitting at three games and, you know, three games left. They play the Chargers. Of course, I'm going to say I want to see points on the board. I want to I want to see the, excuse me, the improvement with Davis Mills. But I would like to see more of Garrett Wallow. Hmm. I would like to see more of him. I didn't know, uh, got a tidbit that he used to play a little safety. So that's probably why, you know, why that's, that's one of his attributes is being able to cover so well. But, you know, if we're going to do this year right, if we're going to do this year better than what we did last year, we didn't know how good Jonathan Gennard was going to be this year because he didn't play last year. Hmm. We didn't know how good some of these younger players that should have gotten more opportunity, especially when the season was considered a dumpster fire. They didn't play last year. So now if you're going to see what we really have and do better than last year, go ahead and play these young guys. And Garrett Wallow is a player that I want to see more of, number 32. And, of course, we forget about him because he has been probably the most consistent rookie on this team, more of Royal Lopez. Well, for me, John, and listeners and viewers, I will actually want to just see the Houston Texans offensive line to continue their improvements. Remember, going into week six after week five, um, the loss against the New England Patriots when they lost Laramie Tunsil, this Houston Texans offensive line looked god-awful. However, due to the coaching of James Campen, they pushed Titus Howard down over to the left tackle, and they have been looking really, really good. And, and part of the reason why I want to see the Texans offensive line continue to do well and for all of those young guys on that offensive front to continue their improvements is because I do believe that they're going to move on from Laramie Tunsil this offseason. And the better Titus Howard look, the better their offensive line look, that is going to give Nick Casario the range to move on from Tunsil. And look, I get it. He is one of, if not the best left tackle in the game. However, when you don't have a premier quarterback like Deshaun Watson that you're protecting, plus you brought him in for that reason, it's time to move on. And by the way, I think they could still get some good things for him because he is still in the prime of his career. And John, listeners, five games left. Yes, I want to continue seeing Davis Mills. Yes, I want to continue seeing guys like Lonnie Johnson Jr. in the season off and, and, and to have something to build on going into their next year. But with three games left and they're sitting with three wins, I want to see the Houston Texans win two more games so I can finally get to those five wins that I predicted earlier in the season. And by the way, if they get to those five wins, David Cully, I'm predicting David Cully is going to remain as the head coach of Houston Texans. You know, I, I think if they get the four wins and they match <laughs> what they did last year, then why not? You got to give him a shot considering you didn't have a lot of key pieces. Hey, what I will say is this. They only won four games. What I will say is this, going into Sunday's game, and I hate to bring this up, the Chargers, they're dealing with some COVID issues, and Joey Bosa has already been ruled out for Sunday's game. So that's one less great player that they're going to have to deal with. However, yes, I understand Justin Herbert is still on the other side of that football yeah. field. <laughs> and I have Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler in fantasy Oh, football, my so. God. You were in fantasy. This is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast. Thank you for checking us out today. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube as well.
And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.